Fellowship Church devotional podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Our passage for today comes out of Psalm 14. It says this, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. The 2008 financial crisis felt to many like it came out of nowhere. The U.S. economy was rolling full steam ahead and showing no signs of slowing down. But after the dust had settled, it became apparent that there were people who, in fact, had presented the evidence of what was to come. Some such people were chronicled in the 2015 film The Big Short. It turns out that there was evidence that a crash was coming. Many people either didn't have this evidence, or many simply ignored it. Because there were there was, for a number of people working in the financial sector, uh, good reasons to ignore it. We see this same trend in another area of reality. Psalm 19 and Romans 1 both make it apparent that the evidence for God's existence is all around us. We see it in creation. We see it in the reality of the moral law, that there is real good and real evil in the world. But as we just read, the fool continues to say in his heart, in the deepest part of his being, there is no God. Now, it's worth pointing out that there wasn't really pure atheism in the days of the Old Testament like there is today. What the psalmist is talking about here is what we might call practical atheism. That for all intents and purposes, a person is living like there's no God. That while a person might acknowledge the possibility or even the probability of a divine being, at his or her root, they don't believe this deity is up to very much. This God is not interested in my behavior. If he does exist, he certainly doesn't reward those who earnestly seek him. This kind of thinking makes the fool. The fool in scripture is primarily a moral label, not an intellectual one. The fool gives into his sinful tendencies, sinful actions, because, well, why wouldn't he? God doesn't care what I do. What motive do I have to look out for others' interests as well as my own? And we see throughout Scripture the kind of behavior that the fool engages in. The problem is, the evidence against this false belief is all around us. God does exist, and that affects the way we ought to live. So what are the takeaways for us, for the believer? Well, one, we have to pray for and love the fools in our life. They behave the way they do because they believe a lie. And before we can expect their behavior to change, for them to correct their foolishness, they must accept the truth. That the God of the Bible exists and offers salvation to them through faith. It does no good to judge them for the way that they live. Convincing someone that God exists almost never happens through argument. It usually happens through them experiencing the love of a believer. The love of God operating in the life of someone they know. And how could we not be gracious to them? For just like 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, such were some of you until we experienced the grace and mercy of God. So pray for that neighbor or family member or co-worker who lives like they are the center of the universe and though they may drive you crazy, 
we have to pray that God might reveal their true state before it's too late. And number two, we have to be wary of the pockets of foolishness in our own lives. Is it possible to still be the fool after our salvation? Is it possible to ignore God's claim on areas of our lives because, let's face it, we have motivations to maintain our pet practices or sinful habits? Of course. David in Psalm 139 prayed, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We have to acknowledge that because we still live as fallen creatures in a fallen world, we will still have areas of our life that don't line up with what we say we believe. We must allow the hound of heaven to root them out and through his love and grace put them to death. Do I engage in gossip under the guise of brotherly or sisterly concern? Do I spend money foolishly because after all I've already given God his 10%? Do I abuse my Christian liberties by watching movies and listening to music and reading books that are toxic to my soul? All of these are possible. We all have areas that we can grow in in wisdom. But praise be to God that the one who began a good work in us will be faithful to bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. And since we are still works in progress, we have good reason to be empathetic and loving to those who don't yet know God. Let's pray for the salvation of those around us, that the eyes of their heart might be enlightened to see God and themselves in the light of his truth. God, your word says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we thank you that you have put knowledge of you into our lives and into our hearts, that through your grace and mercy, you showed us us the reality of your existence. God, and that through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we might live together with you for all of eternity. So Lord, help us to live in the light of that truth in every area of our lives. God, reveal to us the the areas that we are still keeping back from you, that we are still walking in foolishness, that we might experience more of your life in us. God, and we pray for our family members and neighbors and coworkers and friends that need to know you, that need to experience the truth that there is a God and he is good and he loves them. And help us to be agents of that truth in the lives of the people around us. God, for your glory and our good, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Let's Talk. Church family, you are loved. Have a blessed day.